Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. We're back at it again on another Friday afternoon. You know, this is your boy Danny. He's also got Tim up in here. What's going on with you, bro? Yo, what's up, bro? What's up? Same old, same old. I hear you. I hear you, man, especially with, you know, it's been a long, long couple of weeks, and with the playoffs coming in, coming in hot and coming in strong, I mean, it's, it's, it looked like it might be, it might be a toss-up coming out of the East, and you don't know what the hell going to happen coming out West with the way some teams are playing out there, but if you ask me, we're going to get right into it, because we was talking about this yesterday. Toronto right. is... Done. Done. I mean, stick a fork in it. I about to say, fork in the middle level, man. Check the inside, make sure it's cooked. They done, man. Like Definitely, really they can do to bounce back from that, man. After after that game two performance, it's it, it, it's shown that they're they're just prisoners of LeBron, of LeBron, man. They're not I mean, even coming out with the same aggression they were coming out in the first in the first round series. Against my I mean, wizards, so. I mean, we've been we've been saying it for what three, four years now. Cleveland, whatever, whatever team LeBron on, and they play against Toronto. That team LeBron is on is Big Brother. It pretty much makes LeBron Big Brother, and Toronto right. is is the little brother who you punk in the corner and say go sit down somewhere, because right. that's that's pretty much what's happening. Um, I I can't explain Game One. And I was watching that game from start to finish. I was, I mean, Toronto had everything you could want in an easier game one win. I mean, no. Against LeBron James, right? Against LeBron James. Against LeBron James. Against LeBron James-led team. You had everything you could ask for in getting a win, and they could not get it done. I mean, Cleveland was bailing them out with jump shots. In that first for those first three first three quarters, you know, Toronto the ball was sticking so much. And then you look down the floor against Toronto, Toronto is moving, they're aggressive. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas had 21 and 16 when I stepped away. And then I woke up in the morning, I was like, wait, they lost in right. overtime, no less. When I saw that. I, I was, I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, they're done. Like you can't, you can't blow a game one performance like that, especially against a LeBron led team, especially the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then you show up in game two and you lay a goose egg. You do right. nothing. Nothing. Like, and it's like kind of like a flip flop. Like the second game, the the first game performance that they put on, like that seemed like that should have happened second game because it's like. It it's just like they wasn't even there. Like even with the things LeBron was doing, okay, that's that's fine and well, but it's like you still wasn't showing a sense of urgency to want to like to want to do anything, like to do anything. Like at one point of that game, I think it was it the game wasn't it wasn't as bad as it was once they got to win. It was just like a LeBron show, but they had chances to win that game, numerous of chances to win that game. So. I'm, they had a, yeah, I'm just, they had a lot of chances to win that game, especially even game two. I mean, 
somebody brought up a stat line and and it may and it makes sense like like you know how we always talk about the 50 40 90 game you know you shot 50 percent from the field 40 percent from three 90 percent from the free throw line toronto did that last night and they still lost right i i don't understand it i will never understand it i mean it's it's crazy to me and it's starting to make me think you know, maybe it's time to blow this up. Oh, oh! I'm, I mean, I, 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 if people are saying it's time to blow up the Wizards roster, then why not? Because kind of think like it kind of started around the same time, like Bill and Wall, the DeRozan and Larry experiment. It's kind of like kind like the same amount of years span within the two. So, I mean, with it, we can't. I mean, the way it looks, it's like they're getting swept. Like, well, we can't, we never know what's going to happen until it happens. But the way things look, they like they're getting swept. Like you said yesterday, we were on the phone. They just look like they're just, like, they're just emotionally done. Like, physically done, mentally done. Like, they was up the whole first game up until, like, what, maybe the last couple of seconds? Last couple like of minutes. Seconds, like, seconds. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe a minute. Yeah, maybe a minute or two when they started to trade back the lead. But you might be right with LeBron. Not knowing if he's coming back yet. Um, a lot of coaching changes. I mean, who knows what the rosters, what these teams' rosters, well, at least playoff rosters would look like, especially with PG not knowing if he's going to stay. And um, OKC, you got Carmelo. They don't even know what they want to do with Melo at the time. He just probably didn't know what he wanted to do at the time. So, yeah, it could. a lot of rosters could get blown up this summer. A, a lot. A lot could get blown up this summer. And Toronto can be the first team on that list. To get blown up, their roster blown up. I I think I think they will be the first to blow up the roster, and um, and it's crazy to me because we were sitting here for all this time. We were like, Toronto's on the come up. Toronto's on the come up. Then they start putting the right pieces together around DeRozan and Lowry, and then right. now you look at the team. They're 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 one of the few teams where we can say they can go ten deep. You can play a 10-man rotation and still see the same success mm-hmm. that the first rotation right. had. You can see in your second rotation. I mean, like we, were talking, we were talking about it last no, night. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it last night. Fred uh, Van Vliet was taking shots to win the game. I'm like, that's unheard of in right. game one. Right. And then right. even last right. night, he was putting up some numbers. So, I don't know. Right. I mean, like, it, it's – it's, I'm just it's not about to see with me with that with their rotation. It's like it's not really necessarily about the numbers that they're going to put up because I mean all season they were putting up the numbers, but it's like that's cool to get a bench that will help you coast out through a game. But when you get down to the stretch of the game, like me and you both know, we both play basketball. Like the ball has to be in the best player hands, hands down. Like if you want a bucket when you close out the game, you either give it to your close or your score. Like it's pro- it's a proven fact. It's a proven fact. Kobe, LeBron. I mean, a pin down for Ray Allen when he was playing. Like, it, 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 you got to go to your go-to guy. Come on, Fred Van Fleet, we all know. Everybody knows. That's not Toronto's go-to guy. Now, if you feel like within the play, maybe you had to kick the ball to him for that shot, or if that play was drawn up for Van Fleet, that's bad coaching. When you're playing against LeBron James, like, there's no way you give a person of that caliber two chances to win your game when you have two all-stars in your team. I, I just I, I just don't agree with that. Like, Fred Van Fleet. Come on, D. Like, nah. Like, I, I just I just don't see it. When you have DeRozan and Kyle Lowry on your team, 
DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And you mean to tell me, in that huddle, when that play was drawn up, neither one of them said anything like they wanted the ball or, I mean, or even gave a nod like they wanted the ball. I, I think DeRozan has Fred Van feed the ball on both of those shots that he took, if not both won. So I feel but like DeRozan, see, doesn't, DeRozan doesn't want it. I don't think he won it. But see, here's the thing about it. You, you, you brought it up. I mean, let's 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 remember this. Dwayne Casey was the assistant coach on that Mavericks team that beat Miami in LeBron's first season down there. Right. He right. was and the I reason. Just, I just, found, I just found he, that he yeah he was the reason you know LeBron was 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 not himself. Now, granted, he wasn't himself mentally either, but his right. game wasn't there either. So right. you figure he's going to take this approach. And and come up and do the same thing, Toronto. But see, this is what this is what we have to admire uh, admire about LeBron James. This his mid range game was probably his weakest his weakest part of his game outside of you know being more aggressive in the clutch and mm-hmm. and the and the three ball and the three ball. And now mm-hmm. we're looking at him. I'm like LeBron is shooting 36 percent from three. He can shoot the mid-range game like it's – I mean, he can shoot it really, really in well. In his sleep in now. Sleep. And – His back to the basket game is crazy now. Right. So now it's – a lot since them, yeah, since them, since them days down in Miami. Right. So he – like, you figured Dwayne Casey would come up with some game plan to, to try and, you know – not make this Cleveland team be as successful as they have been these first two games. Right, right. You know, so in my mind, we're all sitting there saying if the if we blowing up Toronto's roster, that also means we firing Dwayne Casey. If, if I was just they, about to say the same thing. I was telling you, I was just about to say to you, like, if if the you know, I was about to say, like, the, if the roster isn't blowing up, the coaches go. Like, it's one or the other. Like, it it's like one or the other. So it's like, man, it's like, what? yeah, it's one or the other, man. I like just can't believe that they, that, yeah, that they did that. It's no way with that roster you you lose two crucial games at home. I mean, it, ugh, it's just crazy to me that that's happening. And I'll never be able to explain it to myself because – like like you said, you have DeMar DeRozan, an all-star. You have Kyle Lowry, an all-star. Two of the top, the, the probably one, probably if not the if not the if not the third, maybe the fourth best guard tandem in the league behind, of course, Stephen Clay, um, Harden and Chris Paul and Dame Little, Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum up up in Portland. Right. You know, you you have that tandem, and to blow that game one, and then come back and lay an egg in game two, that just tells me, like we said in the beginning, your confidence is shot. You're not mm-hmm. you're not there mentally after blowing a game like that. I mean, you can even see it in the fans, and even you can even see it in the fans in Toronto. Like you saw you saw the clip of Drake. Drake looked like he gonna cry when he gets to the car. Right. Yeah. Like they yeah, hurt. He was red. Yeah, he was red last night. <laughs> like they hurt, yeah. and you know, I don't, I don't know what Drake said to LeBron or whatever. But Man, I put that on my story on IG. It was something like, and I even know it had to be something because he was talking to Wall and Bill the whole series. 
Like, so I know he, I know he said something like, it couldn't even have been that serious or it could have been, but I know it was something said to LeBron. It had to be. But see, There's his, no this, way LeBron took that, took that angle that he did yesterday. Like, but see, he's, he's the thing. You can't, you can't talk jump to a player like LeBron. I mean, we've seen this in the past. We can, we can bring up Spike Lee yeah, talking trash yeah. to Reggie Miller back in 94, 90, back in 94. And mm-hmm. Reggie Miller hits, Nine, it, what is it, eight points in six seconds? And made him choke his though. He choked it. Yeah, the little he famous choked, choke. The famous yeah. choke. And then yeah. I and then I remember a play. This is like I I saw the clip of it. This is this is way before me and you was born. Um Mike was playing against Utah and Jordan he he dunks on he dunks on one of the point guards. Somebody in the stands said, do it against someone your own size. So he dunks on their seven-footer and looks at the dude and goes, is that big enough for you? You cannot talk yeah. no type of jump to a player yeah. that that caliber. I don't it's care like who said, you are. They said with the dream team, they said, um, I think they said, was it Patrick told Mike he never got him before? And I think the next season he got him, like he dunked on him, or it was either him. It was one of them. I think it was, it was Pat. It was, the, it was the Kembe. The Kembe at the All-Star okay, it was the Kembe. Okay, said, to, okay, it was the Kembe. Okay, he said, the Kembe said he never dunked on him, and then he finally yeah, and he got, got him. him. I was like, yeah. well, you asked for it. Yeah, you can't poke, man. You can't poke at the bed. That's me, like LeBron. Like, you just let him, you just let him play. <laughs> And live just with the let, result. Like just even let George him Hill play. said it. Like even George Hill said it. Like he said he feels so much better, like being on his team, <laughs> seeing those shots fall for them rather than falling against them when he was in Indy. Like because it's like you could play the best defense possible. You still have to turn around and pray that he misses the shot. Like one of his turnaround jumps, he shimmy um Adenobi so bad, like like he was nowhere near him on the play. Like, oh, it was bad. And he yeah, didn't like hey, he just do that against him. He did it against Anawabi. He did it against Kyle Lowry. He did it against DeMar Rosen. He did it against right. uh, Siakam, but, Pascal Siakam. He did it against the, all of them last night. Right. But the craziest thing about all of that that I seen on ESPN right after I got off the phone with you, um, it was like the, the field goal percentages that the people were checking him, what he was doing. Now, when I checked that out, it wasn't even the fact that I was looking to see who he scored the most on. I was seeing who was checking him the most. And who was checking him the most was an unproven rookie. I mean, of course, he had a good defensive year. He's long. He's athletic. But the type of people that need to check LeBron are the people that has been, that, that's been around LeBron, that sees LeBron play, that knows his likes, knows his dislikes, knows what he likes to get on the court. That's why I think all times, like Paul Pierce, whenever he checked LeBron or played against LeBron, he it was a mental thing with Paul Pierce. Not trying to outfit not trying to be more physical than LeBron, not trying to steal every um steal the ball from him every time. Just the fact that knowing his spots, getting there before him and having a hand in his face, like in his face. Not running out, making sure that he, you know what I'm saying, you, you feel your presence. No, you need to have a hand in LeBron James' face. Like he's a proven he's a proven knockdown shooter now. Like it, 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 he's not he doesn't have a ratchet, but it's like he He's proven to knock down the open shot just from muscle memory and repetition. Like LeBron puts the most time into his game, and when you when you disrespect him like that by putting a rookie on him, like no, he's going to have in a game like he did last night. Like it's no way Demar Derozan checks him two times. It's no way. It's no way. You're I right, can't. Man. I can't have that. No it's way. no way. And 
and we're talking about LeBron shooting a jump shot. I'm glad we, this that's 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 what that's what we call a segue. We can segue right, right into Philadelphia and Boston because Philly has a LeBron carbon copy in Ben Simmons. And the one thing we've all said about Ben Simmons all year long, he cannot shoot the jump shot. And Brad Stevens, to his credit, exploited that. He took yeah. he took yeah. and put Al Horford on him. Al Horford went under every ball screen he had. Normally when you do that, you see that, you step back and hit the jump shot. He can't do it. And it hurt them last night. He had did he have one point? He had one point. I yeah. don't care what transpires throughout the game. Ben Simmons, you cannot have one point. You can't. Like you can't. It, it, it's no way. No I mean, way. let's let's bring up this point though. I mean, as much as I give I give Boston a whole lot of credit. I mean, you come out well. You were you were already down for for I think the I think the most down was at least seventeen before the halftime. They ended the first half on a twenty-one to five run, and then came out of the came out of halftime looking like the team who we thought was going to get it once they got Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, and they're absolutely balling. Like I said, like, that's the thing they're doing this without Kyrie and without Gordon Hayward. Terry Rozier is, I mean, I saw this in college when he was playing for Louisville, so I knew he had this in him this whole time. To see him do what he's doing now, it's, I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's, it's about time we saw this Rozier because Mm -hmm. now you got people questioning, you know, should Boston trade Kyrie for Kawhi Irvin? And I'm like, "Uh, let's pump your brakes just a little bit. Cause I know Pop Pop ain't getting rid of Ky- uh, Kawhi Leonard like that, but to stay on the playoff game, th- Philly's inexperience showed up last night. I'm talking about in the players and in the coaching, right? Because Brett Brown had us. He he had a strategy where T.J. McConnell was on the floor, and when T.J. McConnell was on the floor running point and not Ben Simmons, they were down two. The minute he sucked Ben Simmons back into the game, it was over. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's it's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah, and hats off to Brad Stevens with that defensive game plan. Like that was the last thing coming into this series last night and the whole year that I see ever see Al Horford checking Ben Simmons, but it worked. Like and coaches like that. When it's when it's adjustments made like that's kind of not like even experimenting. It's just like knowing what to do. Like we have a player that his game is based on distributing the ball to other people while still trying to find his way to score, knowing he doesn't have any kind of jump shot, can barely make a free throw. So it it's like you have to put the bigger you have to put the bigger person on him anyway. So at first it kind of looked like, and it wasn't even. And it wasn't even just that matchup because he still only had one point. So they were running away with the game. Like and like you said, experience just kicked in. Like and not even so much of experience with the Celtics because if you think about it, 
the Celtics, the Celtics and 76ers are kind of still, well, that Celtics team right there that's playing right now, everybody that's on that team. Uh, minus Al Horford and maybe who else? Uh, off the top of the head right now, maybe Al Horford has playoff experience. I don't think nobody else unless last, well, last year with Rogier and the guys that were there, but I, it, they're both really inexperienced. And Brad Stevens, too, as far as the playoffs, he got a year under his belt. But like you said with Ben Brown, that's just unexperienced and un, un experience kicked in like it's just it's just like you you let them go on a run what was it like a 20 26 i think like a 26 to 8 run or something like that like you can't have yeah. that. You, you you can't have that you can't have that and then like no like it was threes basically like all threes like it was all threes it's like yeah it just it wasn't it's not they're not experienced enough to they're not experienced enough to go to to break out of that their own kind of run of their own, like maybe like a like a Golden State, like a San Antonio, like more older and proven teams can shake themselves out of that. Maybe even the Cavs before this team, but to have that young team go through that run that killed the game. The most important minutes are like the last five minutes of the last five minutes before half, last five minutes of a ball game. Those oh yeah, no question. Points. And and the, and the first five and the first five minutes so. Like they 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 failed that they failed because they had all the momentum. The crowd was dead. The crowd was dead going into halftime, and that run brought them back to life. And we all knew Boston was gonna come out swinging, which they did, and knock and they yeah they knocked the seventy sixes back. Like it was nothing that the seventy sixes can do. Even when they cut the lead down, it was like they they put so much into doing that. They didn't even have enough. That last play when Horford went around and beat, it was like he had no chance checking Horford on that play. And it was just – that was game. You're right. Is, he had, they, uh, they had a lot to had, do. They have a lot of work to do. He had no chance in that, in, that, in that form. And then at the same time, I mean, that's just the Eastern Conference. I mean, we – I mean, the West, with the exception of Golden State, because now they got Steph back, is it safe to say – the Warriors are the favorite again to win the finals. Oh man! Oh, before oh, before we get into the West, before we get into the West, one more thing about the East before we forget about the East. Like, what would you have done yesterday? Because right. I didn't even ask you this about about folks. With the game that Simmons was having, like, do you give him that chance to come in? Like, what what did you do with that situation? Because he got a DNP the first game. Like, he didn't even touch the court the first game. So. So what is like? What is that about? Like, what is what is what? Cause I like I I try to ask myself like this last night like like is it the show like is it like what is it like is it because he hasn't been in because the last the last games he had the last what six seven games he came on he had nice solid games and one triple double so why wouldn't you think to even give him a game like are they waiting for him to go home and for him to play like uh like what is it like. Can't just have your your number one overall pick get two DNPs in a playoff game. Like what what is what's what's up with that? I'm I'm with you. I I wish I had an answer for that. Um, I was trying to find some reading as to why Markel Fultz didn't play. No one no one seems to have an answer for that. I mean, you have you literally have the number one uh, overall pick in the draft, and he doesn't play the first two games of the playoff series. 
He didn't really play that much in the series against Miami either. And right. I'm starting to figure out, I'm trying to, I'm asking the same questions. What is going on? You, you, it's time to give him, it's time to let, let the reins say, go that, and let him that, play. I was say, is that process, is that process given up on? Like, are they, are, did they untrust that process? Like what, what's going on I, with that? I, like, because I wish it, I could tell you. There's no way he shouldn't be, there's no way he shouldn't be playing. No, there's no, there's like, no, no way, way he should not have played. He he should have been on that floor, one hundred percent of the time. So that way you can take the ball out of Ben Simmons's hands, and let and let uh, Markel Fultz be the point guard for that during that run. It it had to be done, but they didn't play him. I I wish I had an answer, but I have nothing for it. You know. Yeah, that was the best. And, that was the best plan for that. Like that's the reason why that's the reason why you have players of that caliber, or just not even players of that caliber, but like that's that's the good reason why you have that team that you have. You have you have Ben Simmons that can play the point that he's like a hybrid he's like really a hybrid point. Like if you've taken it into like football terms. Like he's a hybrid he's a hybrid point. He's a he's a prototypical like like three or four planet point guard. So like that you have that so it's like you have the best of both worlds you have one you have one oversized point guard that can do a little bit of everything but can't shoot at all and then you have folks which he can do everything you need him to do shoulder maybe a little mess a little it's not but maybe his shot i wouldn't say shoulder because he wouldn't be playing if he wasn't healthy so i can't keep saying shoulder so maybe his shot or his mechanics is not where he wanted to be but that still gives him no reason to get two dmps in two playoff games. When you have a struggling Ben Simmons, like I have never seen nobody play the minutes that Ben Simmons played and score one point in a playoff game, let alone any kind of game. So and then his post game no, interview was it was it was it was more it was more mental. I don't see while now, like he said, it's bad timing that now you you're mentally not there. Like no, that's not that's not a good enough excuse for me. You you're not it, it's mental? Like no. I, I don't I don't see that. I, I just, I, you've, had, I, I, you've had all year, right? You've had right. all year. It, yeah, it can't be mental now. No, this is the wrong time for you to have a mental breakdown on, on you on on. And what was the, what was the mental thing? Like they like Brad, that matchup took you out of the game mentally. Like that's what you're telling me now. So if you're saying it's mental, because what what happened that got your that got your mental off? They got your mindset off. It's the same basketball we've been playing. It's the same basketball. We're walking into the same kind of courts. You got the same kind of shoes. Probably like, what, what's mentally, what, what mentally got you? The only thing that's changed is our hope is on you, and you're playing the Celtics now rather than playing Miami. You played I great think, against Miami. You played great I against think Miami. That's, I think that's the mental thing about it because one thing, one thing Ben Simmons hasn't done all year is gone up against a big man who can step out and guard him. Most of the time, people guarding Ben Simmons, they're all guards. So right. well, a lot of those guards, they don't know to go on. They, they, I'm not as I'm not sure if it's their game plan, but the game plan is to go underneath the the. They usually tell them like, "Hey, go over top of the screen," and it wasn't working. Like it was, he was right. still getting to the basket. I think now, with Al Horford changing it up and going underneath the screen, it kind of messed up his thought process. That's that's where I'm thinking the mental thing is coming into play. But then again, I could be wrong. I don't know. Right. But for some, but 
like we said it already, nobody of his caliber should go an entire 48 minutes and score one point. That's that's unheard of. That's that should not happen. So I as much as I want to keep going on the East, I can't go on the East no more because the East is getting frustrating in terms right. of the way Boston and in terms of the way Philly's playing and in terms of the way Toronto's playing. So we'll see how that turns out. And then the West is back on back on tonight because both game threes are tonight. Uh, uh, Houston and Utah and Golden State, New Orleans. Now, we saw Steph come back, you know. 28. Those, you know, 28 in the first. He had 28 first game. No, yeah, 28 in his first game back. And now he's starting tonight. So, with everything that's going on in the West, you know, people are saying Houston, Golden State, who do you think is the outright favorite? coming out of the uh, west now. I I I don't know. I I I want to see the um I want to see the Rockets and um Warriors match up just for the simple fact that I know I'll get a lot of best a lot of bets. So I'm being selfish, but other than that, I really don't like um the the West to me isn't a toss up anymore, only because the Pelicans dropped that last game. They had a chance to win that game. I mean, I understand Curry came. Well, Curry came more and sparked them for 28. They probably didn't think he was going to have 28, but you still got to know if Curry is well enough to play, he's going to be effective. Like, that's been proven. Like, he hasn't showed us nothing else. Like, if he's on the court, he's going to score. Like, that's just. And the way he plays, it's like he's, he's bound to score. Like, it's no. He. He doesn't need to attack the basket to get off. He just needs to see one shot going. And it's basically it's basically like, will you let him get the next shot off or like what will he do next after he gets to start the heat up? So I think the Pelicans I think the Pelicans they missed they messed up not still in that not still in that last game. So I don't think that they can they might win one, maybe, but with Curry back, I really don't have them having a a solid a solid chance to win that series. They might put up a game or two, but I don't really feel like the Pelicans can do nothing. So I was still my my talk, I'm still tossed up against the Rockets and the Warriors. Now I know the Jazz got that game against the Rockets, but I just think that the Rockets didn't come out didn't come out with the they didn't come out with the intensity to like they wanted to play the Jazz. They more so just wanted to cruise through that thinking that the Jazz were going to lay down, and they didn't. And that was the only thing that Really, that hurt them. Like they played, they played down to the Jazz, thinking that the Jazz was gonna um, roll over, and the Jazz didn't. They didn't at all. Even with the bag in and Donovan Mitchell had, like, they still their role players still came through. They had Alex Burks that didn't play all season, come off the bench and do a lot. So to answer that question, I really it's really a toss up still to me. Like I'm still I still want to see the Rockets and Warriors. So I'm I'm with you. I want yeah. I want it to be a Rockets Warriors series, but I mean, with the exception of we we already know Golden State's going to come out of that series against New Orleans unless mm-hmm. New Orleans pulls out a hooping miracle. The 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 unless series they, watch like yeah. I'm about say unless they unless they were and unless unless all of them was to be as effective as they was the first series, like everybody that we can remember scoring, like from from Etwan Moore from um. From Holiday, from Neritich, from AD, from Rondo, like everybody has to be on their game. Miller, 
Solomon, they got Solomon Hill back. So everybody has to be on their game for them to have for them to even have a chance against the Warriors. Like they they even though they was at their best against the Trailblazers, like they gotta be at their best plus more against the Warriors because the Warriors are the Warriors, like we all know. Like they, since that core's been together, they have been running the West. Like and with the ad, with the addition of KD, it's only going it's only gonna get even harder. It's only gonna get even harder. So if you already don't have the the firepower to match them, like something else has to give. And their points in the paint has been given, but everybody knows when it gets down to the the nitty gritty, like your guards have somebody has to hit a shot, and it can't be AD all the time. It's been Drew Holiday this first series. He even had a good game last game, but it, it's not. It, you got to have more. It's got to be. It's got to be a lot more than that. It just has to be. I'm with you on that. It, it has to be more. And even, even at the same time, like I said, it's it's that that Jazz Rocket series is going to be a good one. Um, we'll definitely see what turns out tonight in both game threes. I'm I'm picking Utah to still get one tonight, and then you know I already picked Golden State to win. Okay. So I'm, I'm hey, that's I would, like I'm really to me. I would like like this is the thing. And this and this just seems like it's been happening throughout the playoffs right now. The matchups that look like it's gonna be like more intriguing or more competitive, it hasn't panned out. Like like we all thought to see OKC against against these um against these Pelicans. I mean against these Rockets right now. I'm sorry, against these Rockets right now. And the Thunder dropped the egg and now it's Utah. So it's like if Utah was to win this series, it's like, uh, is that like <laughs> Not to downplay the Jazz, because don't get me wrong. Like, they're playing great basketball. They're doing good. But it's like, come on, that matchup against the Warriors, it's like, you, I mean, uh, I wouldn't, if it got down to that, I wouldn't want to see that. Like, I, and it's bad to say, but, I mean, I just wouldn't want to see that. Like, for the finals, like, I, I don't think I want to see that. I'd rather just let the, like, like to see the Rockets, the Rockets win this series. Now, have it, I don't mind it's going seven, though. I don't mind this series going seven at all, but I would just rather the Rockets wake up and win this series like they're supposed to be because everybody knows that the Rockets, they're waiting for the Warriors, no matter how how they get there. They can go seven games the rest of this series. Like, as long as they get there to the Warriors, I think that's all they're worried about. But you cannot overlook everybody that's before you before you get to the Warriors because when you do that, you, you lose a game to the Jazz, you know? So... It's, no it, question. It's, it's, yeah, it still could be like you said. Other than that, Warriors. Other than that, Warriors matchup. Everything else to me is still a, every no. The Warriors and the Raptors. Like the Warriors and the Raptors. The Warriors and the Cavs. I think they have it locked up right now. Like, and I come on next Friday or the Friday after that we record again and say I'm wrong. But for right now, I'm going. I'm yeah. I'm going with the. I'm going with the Warriors and the Cavs for having it locked up right now. The Jazz. If they stay poised enough, maybe if they get Rubio back within the next, I don't know, before the series is out, who knows, but maybe they can take it to six or seven, but I still got them losing also just because I think this is the year that Harden, that Harden and Chris Paul get to a final. Like, Chris Paul hasn't been to a final either, and I don't know how many people forgot that, but he hasn't been to a final. So this would be his I'm first. I think I'm this would be that. James' second. So, yeah, I, I, I really want the Rockets to get to this final. So even beating the Warriors, like because I'm just a fan of seeing new new blood. Like even if they had a, even if like you know what I'm saying the Warriors are stacked up to do it too. I just I'd like to see new blood. So I mean, hey, I'm 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 with well, it. Well, I'd like to see the Rock. Yeah, 
I like we'll, we'll see what's we'll see what's going on with that situation. Um, but the thing I really want to get into is the basketball and social social media because I mean, granted, yes, we have our Instagram page. You should, if I were you, I would go follow it. It's hand down man down dot show. Um, the thing we're also the thing we're noticing is a lot of notoriety is coming from players or teams or athletes taking advantage of the social media aspect. I mean, we get to see these these guys and girls, you know, pretty much be themselves. Like, what are they like outside of basketball? But even in terms of that, how many times have you been on social media? whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And you see videos of plays or plays from before we were born or in the 90s and early 2000s. And you're like, man, that's what we were watching back in the day. I can say right now, I've seen it. Now, for me, it's good to reminisce. but I think it uh, it kind of hurts a little bit because you got you got people saying, "Oh, I've seen so and so play." I'm like, "No, you haven't. You've seen clips, clips. of right, exactly." That's why and, I always tell people, "Yeah, like that's crazy." <laughs> you know what I mean? So people be because I'm saying I remember when we was growing up, we would talk about the game and. If you didn't catch the game last night, you were short. You were, you know, what I'm saying it was, it was, it was hearsay. It was talk. Whether we were, whether you saw some at the park, where you saw a college game, an NBA game, a high school game, they was like, "Yo, you had to be there." Now, you can be in the confines of your home and you can sit there and watch stuff and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that." I saw that a couple hours ago. It was on it was on so and so's Facebook page. Or oh, so and so reposted somebody that posted it on Instagram two hours ago. I'm like, now don't get me wrong, I'm I'm getting on the what I think is not okay about social media and basketball, but that's just me. Yeah, like with so, the um like like you said, like back in the day, like social like it's the social media aspect is doing a lot for basketball. But, like, back then, like, yeah, like you said, if you ain't watched the game and you were short. And then most of the time, like, even me, I was born in 91. So, like, around the time that I could remember basketball, man, it was it was the Knicks with Latrell Sprewell, Allen Houston, Charlie Ward. You had those Kobe years, the early Kobe years. So, it wasn't more so me. Like, I didn't catch the Jordan era. Like, and I tell everybody, that's why I think so many people, like, even with the argument, like, I think Alan Iverson, I seen Alan Iverson say it on, um, on the internet. And he was like, it's crazy that everybody always says Jordan and LeBron. But what happened to Kobe? <laughs> like, like, like. Like, why does nobody compare Kobe? Like, I put Kobe into, like, that, because that's the era I've seen, like, Kobe and LeBron. Like, that's the era we see now. Like, we haven't – I ain't witnessed the Jordan era, so I can't compare him to Jordan and say we are, that he was better than Jordan. Remember, 
We, I mean, we had the Jordan era. We were, we were still in elementary school. I mean, like mm-hmm. that was back when we'd be in the backyard playing playing pickup, and one of us be try to be like MJ on the basketball court. That's right. that's when we had Jordan. But even then, you know, we saw him. You know, it mm-hmm. might not have been Jordan in the '80s, or right. might not have been Jordan in the early '90s. We weren't we weren't young enough to even remember watching Jordan in the '90s, well, the early '90s at least. But still, you you understood what you saw, and when you right. saw it, it was a one. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe what I saw, and then you just let that stick. Now it's just like, oh, everybody can see everything, 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 everything. And to me, it kind of takes away from the authenticity of the play or the player right. itself. Now, right. granted, now granted, it's it's part of it's part of the culture now. It's mm-hmm. it's part of the social media culture. It's definitely the culture now. Yeah, it's definitely the culture now. So I get all that, but I'm not gonna jump and stop pile on, you know, the one thing that kind of boggles my mind about social media when it comes to the sport of basketball. There's also some good behind it too. I mean, like it's, we get to see a lot of new faces and a lot of guys mm-hmm. who are talented enough to play, right. you know, whether it be overseas or in the NBA or in certain summer leagues around, mm-hmm. you know, around the country. You right. know, like perfect example, perfect example. Uh the fillet movement. That brings oh, I was just that like, brings it's so more, crazy. It was so crazy. I was about to say the same thing. Like that's yeah, like that's the that's the good of of the of the social media, like stuff like that. Like he's him and fame, the guy famous loads. Like they're re they're re redoing and reliving, like bringing a bringing an added laugh and an added vibe to like a simple a simple crossover or like a simple body to body dunk, like or or just just typical things you'll see on a everyday kind of like. Kind of like an one mixtape. Like that's basically what they're what they're doing. Like like they're making their fifty sec their fifty sixty second clip into like a commentated like a commentated like like short film like really because with the added effects that they put on it. So it's like like you said, there's a lot of good to come out of it too. Like you said with the fillet movement, that was a great yeah that was a great point out with that. Yeah, yeah it's it's good to see it, and at the same time, like you, the main thing that we get is we get to see these players in their personal lives because at first we used to always be like man i wonder what so-and-so does in in his free time you know what i mean right yeah yeah and now we get and now we and and now we get to see him so i'm like it's Mm -hmm. good that we get to still have that connect with the players without having to bombard them you know up close and personal be like hey what are you doing in your free time and all this other stuff and then Mm -hmm. And then again, I go back to, you know, seeing more, I mean, seeing more yeah. guys, and seeing and then you more. You got some people, some some players go live most of the time, so it's like, you yeah. like you like you like really there with them. Like they could be at their local barbershop. they could be in the, at, at home eating dinner, like anything. Like they go live, they make you feel like you're a part, you're a part of what they're doing at that time. So that's what that's what is great about the social media. And then for most it's, people. They using that. They actually using the social media maybe sometimes to actually watch to, to watch a regular game, like to stream it, anything, like some kind of way. Like so, it, it like you, you say, it has up, its yeah, it has its perks. When you bring that up, we're talking about streaming. I mean, the WNBA is jumping right on that because they're using Twitter to stream the games. 
And I'm like, okay. oh, that's a good move, especially for somebody that's like me move. who, especially for somebody like me who we're only in the mystics market. So right. exactly. we get a chance exactly. to watch, exactly. we get exactly. a chance to watch a lot of these, these women go in and hoop without and necessarily having to be there. And that's what made me like to fall out of watching it because when I was watching it, like the year Shamika Hosefra was with us, like those were the years I watched it all the time. And it's because at that time, the market and and them being on television was way better than what it is now. Like way better. Like I remember when it got hot, like it was uh it was WNBA on NBC most of the time. Like the playoffs, regular season, like every other weekend, like it was a it was a WNBA going. Like at least they tried to slide at least one game in. Like and then like you said, bring it back to your point, like we're in the Washington Mystics market. So if they're not on we're we not seeing the game. So like you said, the best thing to do, yeah, that that is a big, a big move. Putting their game, streaming them on Twitter, like that's a big move. Like, cause that will bring the views up. That's a like, real uh, big move. Yeah, that's a big move. Right and there. and and even with all that, we get to have so many different conversations and debates about the game that uh, it's 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 good to see that we get to talk about basketball. You know, we can be, we can talk to somebody, we could be over here in Maryland and somebody from Wisconsin could have something and we could talk to them about it. Or if they're having an ongoing debate of who's the greatest, like I saw it earlier, I saw it earlier, a friend of mine from, from high school, he posted saying he thinks LeBron is the greatest of all time, high school, if he'd have gone to college there and then the pros. And we're just, I'm just like, hold on, let's not give him the crown just yet. And you can just keep having that conversation with guys. Right about all that like even now like i put up that graphic yesterday on my instagram page comparing the wnba and the nba's financial uh, situation mm-hmm. now this is going off a totally different subject so it's like two subjects in one like we get to have that conversation with people about why you think there's a discrepancy there and it almost just got into a certain situation where a friend of uh, a guy i knew he was saying that you know, he thinks WNBA is born. I'm like, well, why do you think it's born? He was like, you know, no Duncan. Uh, he said, he said horrible gameplay. And also, I'm like, wait a minute, then you're not a basketball guy because. Yeah, I'm reading it now, actually. I'm reading cause, it now. Because no one, there's not, not everybody in the NBA can dunk. And right. Lord knows how many times there have been some awful gameplay in the NBA said, so you can't, that's, that's not a valid enough excuse for me. That means you're not a basketball person because if you can sit there and say the WNBA has sloppy gameplay, then you're just, you're missing out because there's so much, there's so many, there are so many good ball players in the WNBA that it's crazy. I can go and be like, if, if, if I had the opportunity, I could be like, Yo, you think you could be the WNBA player? And I'd be like, sure. I'm like, okay, Sue Bird, come here real quick. School him real right. quick. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, most people just say it because we're men and they're women. So it's like, we already feel like we're the more dominant one. So it's like, okay, the mindset is we can beat them one-on-one. Like, no, they train just as hard as NBA players. They do the same repetitions just as much as NBA players. Maybe right. not lift the same, the same weight as <laughs> – as an NBA player, but they get the same repetitions in the belt. So, like, and then here's the thing. He said in the comments, like, sloppy play, like you said, it's bad play comes with basketball. Like, 
every every team's gonna have a bad play. Every every game, every team can have a sloppy game. Like that doesn't just separate the NBA from the WNBA. Like I don't I don't know what he was talking about with this. I I don't get it either. It was, it was yeah, it was it was baffling to me because I'm sitting there like, yo, you're sitting there saying it's boring because there's no dunking. I'm like, okay. Back there are a lot of ball players who can't dunk in in the NBA now. Right. So but then it's you... only like three. It's only like three women that ever dunked in the WNBA. So like, what is like, what was his point? Like, it, I, well, who? I think it was what Lisa. Lisa Leslie, I think, might have banged once. I know Lisa, Cheryl Miller banged, but I don't even think she was in the WNBA when she got her dunk. It was. And, um, you got Lisa Leslie, and, um, Candace and Brittany Griner, and Candace Parker. Right, that's right. Candace Parker, Parker. Brittany Griner, and then even now. I mean, I can go back to the high school ranks at the McDonald's All-American game. I mean, Candace Parker and I forget the girl's name. It's She was in it this year, but she was in the dunk contest. Both of them were in the dunk oh, yeah, contest I seen, in hell. I seen her. Yeah, I seen the girl in the contest. She got like a little, uh, like a, she did like a nice little rim grade, like a tomahawk. Yeah. Song, but it was nice, then, though. It was nice, though. For, for, yeah. yeah. It was a nice dunk. And then even then, yeah. Candace Parker won the dunk contest the year she was in it. So right. that that tells you something the we gotta we gotta stop thinking because it's women that they're not gonna play as after they're not gonna be as physical if not as good as the men which is completely false because we look back at the olympics the olympic uh the olympics 2016 right. hell even even before 2016 so whatever you can think of the women and the men's teams all hang out, all train, all work out together, you know, when they're not in Olympic, when they're not at the Olympics. Like, you know, for example, I read the story about Jewel Lloyd after she did the She Got Game trail about Bleacher Report, which was which is very, very good. If you haven't seen it yet, you should check it out. It's it's just a simple trailer clip that, you know, maybe they think it, it should possibly happen. You know, but I've read the article and she was saying that, you know, she knows Kyrie Irving very well because they've they've all worked out together. And the thing about the women's game is the women play year round. And a lot of people don't know that because a lot of the women go overseas to go play. So we don't get it's like you don't get to see a lot of that. And I think it's time and I said this on the Instagram post. I think it's time that we start treating these women ball players the same way they're treated overseas. Because when they go overseas, and I've seen this personally, and it, it's not necessarily with women, but I've heard some, I know some women who go play overseas, they've come back and said, yo, we're treated like rock stars when we walk through the damn airport. Like, that's right, crazy yeah. to me. Right. And then they come over right. here, The reg- some pe- if you don't follow basketball, the regular average Joe is not going to know who they are. That is unheard of. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's time we get to change that around. And then, like I said, this ties to the social media aspect because we get to see these women play and we get to see them outside of playing and we can try to connect with them even more than you would say, you know, a regular basketball player. Like it's, it's good to see that transparency, that connection between the fans and the players, WNBA and NBA, that we didn't necessarily have coming up. 
Like you always had to right. depend on seeing some article or some special report on like ESPN or some channel that sports channel on a basketball player. Now we can see that and we can connect with them more, excuse me, through Instagram, through Facebook, through Twitter. Right. And it's good to get that type of transparency, you know, in the, in the WNBA and especially on social media right now. But the, I want to get into something of this big news that happened today. And that's Dave Fisdale getting hired by the Knicks. Yeah, I just man, I was just reading the um, thing. It says that said, "Are they going to pursue LeBron?" I was just reading it while you was um, saying your last piece on Bleacher Report. Like I'm that's glad a big move. You said that. That's a big move. That's a big move. I like I like that move. That's a big move because I thought that the I falling think... out between him and Gasol was the only the reason why he got fired. To me, like that's yeah, I'm the same on, What seven and twelve, seven and eleven? Yeah, I mean, but it's eighty two games. Like, come on now. I feel you like they would have turned it around and made the April. They would have made the April seven seed, or would have been close, or in the running to get the last playoff spot in the West. So you I really didn't think he deserved to get fired at all, anyway. So no, so, not at all. I didn't think he deserved like to get fired. Either. For him to get picked up. I knew he was going to get picked up by somebody eventually. Like if not this mm-hmm. year, only reason I knew that he wasn't, if he wasn't going to coach this year, it had to be up to him. Like because other than that, it would be it's it's it's, it's no reason why he shouldn't be coaching. It should be no reason why he shouldn't be coaching. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And now, because I think he'll have, I think he'll have the same effect that he had on Chris Bosh in Miami. I think he'll have that same effect on Porzingis because Chris Bosh became a more, more, di- more, more diverse ball player playing in Miami. Now, granted, he had a little, he had, he had that game up in Toronto. But going down to Miami, it kind of enhanced it a little bit because he turned into another stretch four, but he was also a four who can bang inside. So it was good to see what he can do there. And I think he'll have that same effect on Porzingis in New York. It's right. a good look for it's a good look for the Knicks. And then now, like you said, and I think it could possibly happen. Does this does this make New York a possible destination for LeBron? Because no question, no question. Was, just because just. Just because from this tweet I just seen, like when he got, when Fisdale did get fired, and the date on this is November 27, 2017, and it says, I need some answers. Feels like my man was a fall guy. Like, anytime LeBron goes out his way from a whole other team to tweet, he needs answers about Fisdale getting fired. That has nothing to do with him. He's not his coach anymore. Yeah, he coached in Miami, but it's like, it's still a strong connection there. It's still a strong connection there. So it's like, I think that puts, I think that puts the Knicks in the like as if it's if he's planning on leaving the Cavs, they're number one right now. Like that that puts them in number one right now. Just because we all know LeBron wants to play with a coach that he's familiar with or somebody he could put his hand up he could put the hand up the back of the shirt and play puppet. So if if it has to be somebody he has a strong connection with, who else other than David Fisdale right now? And and the thing about Fisdale like, who else is would it be? And the thing about Fisdale is Fisdale is not going to – he's one of those coaches who he's he has – he's a player's coach, but at the same time, he's also one of those coaches that's like he's going he's gonna to do the coaching. Like you can, right. look, you can look at those Cavs teams, you know, with Tyron Lue coaching and Mike Brown coaching. Hell, even when David Blatt was coaching, you can look mm-hmm. at times and you can see LeBron is the one running the huddle. I'm like, wait. LeBron's not the head coach. You are in the suit. Right. 
that shouldn't right. be your best player doing that. Now I can see if he's right. doing that talking before the coach gets to the huddle and ultimately I was about to say, or after game plan or together, walking, or walking after, back to the court. Yeah, yeah, right. But That's correct. I'm with most you. Of the, I'm with you. Most of the most of the time, that should be your head coach. And Dave Fisdale is not. He's 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 going to do that. He and did that's the that thing in Miami, also, and he definitely and that's the did thing that, that in also rubs. That's a, also the things that rub kind of like that will rub a player, or just not even just a player, just a certain kind of coach in the wrong way. Like like we like we if we got a coach, we kind of don't need that. If you want to give your you know what I'm saying your A's and B's, give it give it on the court, talk to them amongst the court, or talk to. Talk to them while, while while me and my coaches are huddling. You huddle them up and you talk. But when I come over here, like that's uh, I just need they just need to hear one voice because like one, I can like say something different and then voice. I can say something different. You say something different, yeah. And then that day you say something different. It's like now you have to give them the you have to give them the notion of who to who to who to listen to. Now do I listen to Fizdale because he's the coach, or I listen to LeBron because I'm on the court with him. So it's like it's either it, yeah. With that, it's like that's why LeBron needs a certain kind of coach to coach him. Like and that's why I wouldn't mind him. Like if if it was a way for him to get us to San Antonio or or even yeah for even then even entertain the idea of him going over to San Antonio with Kawhi or whatever kids be or just him, he even be playing for Pop like that that would be the coach for LeBron because LeBron has a respect level for Pop that he wouldn't step outside his boundaries and Pop wouldn't step out his boundaries towards LeBron it's the respect level there just like what Fizz there so. No I think that that puts them in the front running for that puts them in a, to me that puts them in the front running for LeBron if he's ready to leave and New York we all know with the time LeBron the player is that that that's more so that's more of a that's kind of more of a bigger market than Miami like just because the fact that where it is now Miami's a big market too but South Beach and the Big Apple I mean that's pretty much hand and feet like you know you're not you're not really losing you're not really losing nothing with him going to going to New York being that play up New York because they don't have other than Porzingis, they're not spending any money nowhere. Like eventually that and he hasn't even got paid yet. So they Right. Yeah, the yeah, the money the money's there. The money's there. Maybe not the personnel, but like we all know LeBron can lower people with him. Once LeBron signs, that's it's like a domino effect. Like is he either going with him or your team have to go against him. Like that's that's all it's really gonna lead up to be. It's a huge domino effect. And we'll mm-hmm. definitely we'll definitely keep an eye on that to see what's going on. But um we're gonna cut this one. We're gonna cut this one out. It was it was definitely a good good little talk we had with this one. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Keep keep an eye out for certain things. Like the lottery's supposed to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll definitely be able to do our own mock draft once we see the lottery coming up. Um right. and definitely be on the lookout for more things coming. We got a lot of things coming, guys and gals. So stay on the lookout. But in the meantime, this is this has been another good installment of the Hand Down Man Down podcast. So we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all. We'll see you. Take it easy.